You're listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast, the place for the kick-ass woman who needs a kick in the ass. Your host, Jen Rosenbaum, is giving you the tools to shed shame and live the biggest life possible. So kick off your heels, get comfy, and get ready to be the boss of your life. Hi, ladies. Today, I have Deborah Walton. Did I say that right? You got it, Jen. <laughs> awesome. I have her on the podcast today. Welcome, Deborah. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's been a while in the making. Um, tell me a little bit before we get into all of the conversation and all the details. Tell everybody who you are. Absolutely. And I'm so excited to be here. So I am a confidence coach for women. I'm based in Dallas, Texas, but I do have the pleasure of uh, working with women really around the world. And so what I do is I help women to really discover and maximize their greatest potential by increasing their confidence so that they can live their best life. So I've got a YouTube channel, The Modern Lady. I've got a website with a blog and some coaching services. And I just released my very first book, which is called Je ne sais quoi. So I'm excited to chat with you about it. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. That's a huge feat. I'm well aware of how hard it is to write a book. So what is the book about? Yes. So thank you so much for that. Um, The book is really a, a guide for women to make themselves a priority. I think a lot of us, it's very, very easy when we're working and we're managing households and families and children and parents to put ourselves last, right? Mm -hmm. And so this book is really an opportunity for women to take a step back, kind of just hit pause and spend some time really getting to know and honoring and embracing themselves. Because it's really, really difficult to manage so many different things, priorities and responsibilities in your life when you're running on empty. So this book is really an opportunity for women to like hit the reset button on their lives in every area from their mindset to their style, to their career. Mm. So this is like an external and internal change at the same time. It is. And it starts internally. It starts from within because that's really where my transformation um, occurred from, from my personal journey, my personal experience. So it's really about being able to you know, start from, from within yourself and, and determine and define what you want and be able to use that to create the life that you want to have. So it's all about the power of living with intention. Tell me a little bit about your journey and what got you to the point of being able to help other women. Absolutely. So I would say back in 2014, about five years ago, I was really in a place where I was just frustrated. I was, I felt like I was stuck in a rut. And I think a lot of us um, have certainly been at that point at, at some time in our lives. And so I really was was working a job I didn't enjoy. I, I didn't have a, what I thought was a sense of, of a personal style. And I just wanted to be able to be this confident and charismatic woman that I saw other women to be. But I felt like there was a disconnect between the ideal Devereaux and, and who I was at that time. And so after months and months of really just beating myself up about it, I decided to to make a change. And so I invested in myself. I went to therapy. I went to counseling. I got life coaches. I gave my whole entire wardrobe a, a reset with an audit. And I really just focused on one area at a time to make 
a major transformation and really, in a sense, give my life a makeover. And so from everything I've learned along the way from investing in myself and reading books and taking classes and webinars and applying all of that wisdom to my life, I've been able to discover some of the, what I would call is insider secrets. And that's certainly what I I share and leverage in my business today. Is there something that you can give us like a little sneak peek into what some of those secrets are? Absolutely. So um, one thing I I think is so incredibly powerful is being able to have a level of self-awareness about your your mindset. And so one thing I'd love to share with your audience, Jen, is is about the power of self-talk. A lot of us, just on a regular basis, we are constantly, we have different thoughts, we have different ideas and different things that we're meditating on. Mm-hmm. And throughout the day, they can either be positive or negative. But let's be honest that probably 80% or maybe even 90% is negative, right? right? We are maybe beating ourselves up after a presentation that didn't go so well, or we walk into a room, see how everyone else is dressed, and then we're regretting our own outfits. And so in those moments when you can identify that you've got some negative self-talk going on, you can really start to question that, really challenge the ideas and the negativity that you're hearing in your mind and shift the perspective to focus on more positive and uplifting and encouraging thoughts and ideas about yourself. And this is incredibly powerful, especially in for as an example, in a professional context, when you are, are walking into let's say you have to give a presentation to your executive team on something. Mm -hmm. If you're walking in thinking the worst, thinking about the fact that last night your two-year-old had you up all night, so you couldn't get any sleep. This morning you woke up, you couldn't find the blazer you wanted to wear. If you're walking into a room as you're preparing to do something pretty monumental in your career, and you have all of this negative thoughts, negative energy, that's really going to derail your performance, right? And so being able to have the the ability to recognize the self-talk that you're hearing and transition the thoughts that you're continuing to meditate on from negative to positive can really help you to elevate yourself and just elevate your, your life experiences so that you can have a much more productive and successful life. So give me an example of how you, how it might go down in your mind. Like this is something, so, um, you know, I'd mentioned before that I'm finishing up my book and it's something that I talk about in my book as well. And it's called flipping the script, right. And sort of creating a new, um, connection in your brain. And when you think one thing that might be negative to counteract it with a positive thought, that's sort of the way I work it and what works for me, what kinds of things work for you to help you, um, stop the negative self-talk. Absolutely. So I I love that flipping the script. I think that's incredibly powerful. And one thing that definitely works is, um, you know, from the initial thoughts and different things that you're feeding your mind, just focusing on, on gratitude, focusing on those positive elements. And so in my book, Je ne sais quoi, I talk about the best case scenario. Mm -hmm. So instead of the worst case scenario, what's the best case scenario? And there's a question that I prompt the readers to really consider, which is what is the best thing that could happen? Mm -hmm. So when you're walking into a challenge, when you're getting ready to do something and you have this level of uncertainty or fear, 
thinking about that question, what's the best thing that can happen, can bring your thoughts and a lot of your energy. And that's so incredibly powerful is where we spend our our energy to the more positive, favorable outcome Mm -hmm. in a particular situation. So when you walk into a presentation thinking the best thing that can happen is that the client says yes. And instead of buying a thousand dollars of products, they're going to 10x the deal. And I'm going to walk away with this amazing new client relationship. And I'm going to be able to make my quota for the month. Mm-hmm. When you walk into a situation thinking the best rather than the worst, your performance is certainly going to supersede so that you can match the, the objective that you're, you're striving for. So it's really, really important to focus that time, effort, and attention on what you want to happen rather than what you don't want to happen. So my question for you is, and it's sort of like a devil's advocate kind of thing. Let's say your best case scenario and you know, you've talked yourself into like, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And then you walk in and it's not best case scenario. It's maybe a little shy of best case scenario. It's not terrible, but how do you then deal with like, let's say feelings of failure or disappointment in that way? Sure. And I think that's a great question because the, the best thing that you can do is to control the, the variables in a situation that you have the power to control, which are ultimately what you do, what you say, and what you think. And so the aftermath of a situation after maybe you didn't get the, the particular result that you were looking for, you can take that moment and focus on, on what went well and what maybe could have been improved. But if you walked into a a presentation and gave it your best shot, you did the most that you could have possibly done, then you know that you you were able to really perform at at the highest level of your personal best. Mm -hmm. And so there's a level of satisfaction from that rather than walking away thinking that you you could have done better because you you did the most you could do. Mm -hmm. I think that it's it's a balancing act, right? So there's there's got to be a level of honoring ourselves for what we do well after a situation has occurred, but also looking for improvement for the next iteration so that we can rise to the occasion and continue to get that next level of success in the future. But I think the, the real problem lies, Jen, in the fact that most women are constantly focusing on only the areas of improvement and not the areas of excellence. Mm. So it's about looking at both so that you can you can give yourself that praise for what you did well mm-hmm. and then also identify the areas to improve for the next time around. Mm. Let's talk about um, wardrobe. You brought it up multiple times and I think you said you talk about it in your book, if I'm correct. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, how does that play into your feelings on helping women feel confident and successful and um, all of that? How does wardrobe play into that? Yeah. And it's such an amazing, amazing impact. You know, there's something incredible called fashion psychology (laughs) and there's, there's a really um, massive impact from, from wardrobe and what people wear. So it's twofold, right? So on one side of of the coin, your wardrobe is going to influence and impact how other people are viewing you. Mm-hmm. So you walk into a room and you're wearing yoga pants and a hair scrunchie and some beat up old sneakers and a t-shirt that you use to paint, you know, your your children's crib. And so that type of response 
that you will probably receive from someone when you're wearing that outfit is going to be incredibly different Mm -hmm. compared to if you're wearing a business suit. Mm -hmm. And of course, these are two extremes, but this will will certainly illustrate the point I'm trying to make. Mm -hmm. And so in, in just your everyday life, whether you're going to the coffee shop, you're going to eat dinner at a restaurant, you're at you know Best Buy making a return or making a purchase, how people will interact with you and how they will really judge who you are is certainly in part, one of those ways is definitely based on, on what you're wearing and your appearance because mm-hmm. that's a visual form of communication. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a signal to others about who you are, your work ethic, your level of of respect, right? Your attention to detail. And then on the other side of the coin is really the impact that it has on yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is what is really where I focus in on because most women can drastically change how they feel about themselves simply by dressing up. Mm -hmm. And there's um, a lot of research that says if you're maybe recovering after a, a difficult emotional time or trying to get over, you know, a hard situation, for example, a breakup or, um, you know, maybe a layoff or something, just doing simple little things like dressing up, even if you have quote unquote, nowhere to go, mm-hmm. um, you know, putting on makeup and, and doing your hair, making sure you're taking care of yourself with personal hygiene will certainly help you to feel more empowered. Mm. And it's about how you feel when you look in the mirror. It's not about impressing someone with expensive luxury, you know, clothing or designer brands. It's more really about you being able to like what you see in the mirror. Because when you do like what you see in the mirror, you're going to walk taller. Mm -hmm. You're certainly going to, you know, be much more comfortable in your own skin. And that's going to translate in so many other ways Mm -hmm. throughout your day. You'll probably have a much more satisfied and positive and upbeat day when you look your best. And we all have those days when we're kind of running late, things in the morning don't necessarily happen the way we were planning on, but it's really about that intention. And so I I talk to women about the importance of preparation and how being able to spend just a few minutes, maybe the night before to get everything ready for your look the next day can help make a world of difference in your ability to have positive and, and successful day ahead. Mm. Yeah. And so that's, a, it's so interesting because, um, I'm, I'm very into fashion myself. Um, you know, I have a little side project of like this little tiny, it's not even a blog. I wouldn't call it a blog, but it's an Instagram page for fashion. And one of the things that I've found over the years is that really the fashion influencers in the world and the things that we see on advertisements and whatnot, so many women can't relate to that. You know, it's like, they're either younger or skinnier or perfect or, you know, and no bashing any woman for looking any way that they do. But um, I just think it's so interesting that we sometimes don't get dressed the same way or we don't put as much effort in because we're like, oh, well, we'll never look like that. (laughs) You know, it doesn't look like that on me. It only looked like that on the model. I'm loving the fact that we're seeing more and more companies come out with different size women showing what it looks like on different size women and different height women. And, you know, there's more options now in petite and tall and regular and, and all of that and plus size. So I think that, um, 
that's definitely changing as well, but it's hard. I have to say, like, as a woman who even loves fashion, it is hard sometimes to put yourself together and even to know your individual style, even to understand what you wear reflects you. Some women are very disconnected to what they want to reflect. So how do they, how do they work on that where they say, okay, you know what, I, I, this is what I want to show. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I'm a photographer. And so recently I photographed a woman who said to me, you know, one day I'm, I'm business suit and, you know, blouse. And the next day I'm like bohemian dress and, uh, you know, boho chic. And I, and I think what's interesting is that many women live in that multiple facets of life. And so they get confused and they don't know how to show that in their wardrobe or in putting their foot forward. Do you find that with the women that you work with, that they're very multifaceted and how do they, you know, how does a woman discover her unique style? Absolutely. And this is definitely something that I I feel very strongly about because personal style is really an opportunity to express yourself. It's it's a fun way to visually communicate who you are. And so it's, it's really fun and incredibly impactful for you. So what I find with women is that um, you're exactly right. We're all very multifaceted. And so there's, I like to say there's a time and place for everything, (laughs) you know, based on, based on certain events or, or obligations that you have, um, you know, there are dress codes and, and there are certain times when certain things may be more appropriate than others. But in general, there's definitely a way for women to have some common threads, regardless of where they are or what they're doing in their lifestyle that will still be a very consistent theme to their wardrobe. This is something I I talk about in my book. I have a whole chapter on personal style. It's probably one of the longest chapters in the book because it's really an area that a lot of women, they want to start there. And what I find is when you need to make a life transformation, your style is an element that needs to be changed, but it's not the first element. So I was very strategic in in the layout of my book. And so within the style section, you know, a lot of women can certainly find different ways to showcase their personality through their wardrobe based on colors, fabrics, textures, layers of different items. And I think the, the really important thing is going back to reference your comment about Instagram, a lot of women today, especially because of social media, are looking at others trying to redefine and mimic. And that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. We should all be trying to create our own. And you can certainly, um, you know, look to others for inspiration, but you're, you're not really going to be authentic if you're wearing something just because you saw it on Instagram and it had a thousand likes. So I think it's incredibly important, Jen, for women to understand that we, we are all individuals and, um, you know, you certainly will, have much more joy and and um, confidence when you're authentic, and so being able to spend some time, you know, creating a, a style specific to you and, and working through um, honoring your body type and and your style preferences is what's really important. Mm-hmm. A lot of women um, they may want to look a certain way, or they may have certain role models, and so they're hoping to take different pieces from other people in their style, but it may not necessarily work for them. And it's just really important that we all focus on on what's going to be best for us individually, rather than trying to mimic what we see others doing. 
Right. I understand. So tell me, (laughs) that said, how do you describe your own style? Oh, I love this question because my style has evolved. Yeah. Sorry, I'm glad that you said that. I'm sorry. I'm just going to interrupt you one second. I'm glad that you said it's evolved because that's the other thing. I think that we think with all of this, we get it figured out and then we stop. We're like, all right, I figured it out. But even though you're coaching somebody and they're reading your book and they're changing their wardrobe and the whole thing, it doesn't mean that they're done, right? They just keep evolving over time. It is all about continuous improvement. And really, I think the most important thing is that who we are today is a reflection of who we want to be today. We're changing. We're changing. We're growing. We experience different things in life. We have different priorities. Life happens. And I think it's just so important that we are, and that's something I talk about towards the end of my book. It's about a journey. It's about enjoying the process of life and and really being able to embrace, you know, the present moment, being mindful where we are. So I would say that my style certainly has evolved. Three to four years ago, my style was much more Americana prep. I loved Ralph Lauren. I loved J. Crew. My style now is much more timeless and elegant. And so a lot of places that I shop, I'm I'm just getting a lot of classic pieces like Talbots. I love St. John Knits. Um, I certainly love Chanel. I do love Ralph Lauren, but instead of a lot of the the polo kind of styles, I'm I'm focused on much more of like the Lauren, Ralph Lauren line. Um, but I definitely love just classic elegance and, um, you know, my wardrobe has really shrunk. (laughs) I probably have maybe one third of what I used to have this time last year. And that was very intentional because we often keep so much stuff just around us just to have, but if you can pick something up in your closet and you haven't worn it in three years and, oh, by the way, maybe it doesn't even fit. Why are you holding on to it? <laughs> Just let it go. <laughs> you know, it's we're so good at that. And I think as women, we're we're like, you know, very um emotional creatures. And I think that we attach ourselves to inanimate objects that mean something because of a time we wore it or something it reminds us of, or it could even be, I remember when I was 10 pounds lighter and I wanna, you know, but I find that when I get rid of those things then I don't feel like the pressure to fit into the jeans anymore or, you know, and I, and then I get rid of other things. I'm like, you know what? I still have the memories. I don't need the thing to remind me of the memory. Absolutely. Absolutely. We can keep those memories. And, you know, one of the best ways to enjoy the memories is maybe taking photos of the clothing, but we certainly don't need to keep a lot of the extra clothing around because quite honestly, you know, another element of it too is, as we do get older, especially as we enter new decades, it is important for our look to continue to evolve so that it's appropriate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this is something that's kind of tricky for some women, Um, you know, despite what size any of us are, are blessed to be, you know, there's just certain areas that should be covered, especially after a certain age. And so it's just important for us to maintain a, a wardrobe that's really accurate and authentic and reflective of who we are today and where we are in life now. And so I do encourage women every year to just take some time and go through your wardrobe and, and really take an audit, take a hard look at, at what you have and, and determine if it still serves you. And if it doesn't, 
you know, you can give it away to charity or you can sell it, make some extra money. There's a lot of different ways to get rid of clothing in, in a healthy way. So you're not just throwing it in the trash. Um, but it's important to let that go because sometimes it can really just weigh us down mentally and emotionally as well. Mm-hmm. And a cluttered closet, a cluttered house can lead to a cluttered mind. And so I have found that even though I walk into my closet and I look and I'm thinking, oh my God, it feels so barren. (laughs) It's easier to get dressed in the morning. I mean, it really is. You know, when you have less, you can do more with less. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something else that I teach women is just how to really maximize the essentials in your wardrobe so that you can, you know, do more with less and, and have much more variety and flexibility and less stress um, coordinating your outfits each morning. So I love the idea of minimalism and, uh, I don't always practice it, but I love the idea in theory, but I am going to give you some pushback on something that you said, uh, as far as like women getting older and needing to cover up or whatnot. I mean, I am really, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. I mean, I really think that we're trying to drop those rules. You know, let me ask you a question. Do you mind me asking how old you are? Sure. I I have no problem answering. Um, I'm 28 years old and I do believe that my, my conservative view is really based on, on my background being in etiquette. And so for me, I wouldn't dare say you're over 50, you shouldn't wear a halter top or, or, um, a crop top because my, my philosophy, to be honest with you, Jen, is none of us over the age of 18 (laughs) really should be wearing them. I don't wear them. Right. I'm, I'm not 30 yet. And so I, um, I'm certainly not implying that women over 50 or 60 or a certain age should look like old maids. I mean, to be honest with you, my style, my personal style is very modest and very conservative. Um, some of my style icons are, are certainly princess Letitia and, and Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge. So I, I mean, this is really, my perspective is, is really from etiquette and living an elegant lifestyle. So I certainly understand Jen. I, I don't have a mainstream view in terms of own your body, show it off. But I I do think that it's important for women to um, really respect and honor themselves. And so that's, that's what motivated me to share that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean that I can get behind, you know, like to, to, you know, embrace who you are. I'm just, I just find it so interesting. I mean, I, like I said, I follow a lot of fashion influencers and there are some women that are over 40, over 50, over 60, over 80 that are rocking things that I'm like, man, I wish I could wear that, you know, and not necessarily hiding or not wearing the moo's anymore. And, um, you know, I think the reason I asked you how old you are is not in a patronizing fashion at all. I'm quite a bit older than you. And I just think it's funny when you hit this certain, at least for me, when I hit this certain, um, period of my life where I was about to turn 40 and after 40, it's almost like a challenge. Now you're like, well, let me see if I could like wear that mini skirt or I can get away. And it makes you feel even more powerful sometimes, you know, to not necessarily, I'm not saying I run around and I flaunt, oh, I was going to say, I don't flaunt myself everywhere. Although that's a lie. Cause there's plenty of pictures of me on my Instagram, but you know, I'm not like running around flaunting it everywhere. It's not for everybody else. It's for me, you know, to say, Oh, you know what? I can still rock this or I got this, or I don't, you know, age is just a number. It's just, I think it just goes along with the mentality that you're talking about. 
with best case scenario and not accepting the fact that, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to be 44. So I have to dress a certain way, or I have to do a certain thing because that's what society expects of me. I'm not saying that you're saying that I'm just, I'm just saying, I think that that's a mentality a lot of women hold. And I find that there's a lot of power in saying, you know what? I don't really care what society says. This is who I am. And I'm going to be that person regardless. And there's power in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that you said, you know, really in, in 2019, a lot of women are writing their own rules. And I think that's fabulous. I guess I should probably retract my, my comment about being of a certain age, because my viewpoint is really not around the age. It's more so about just being re- respectful of yourself. So in my book, I, I mentioned three areas of a woman's body that she should typically cover up her derriere, her bosom, and her midsection. And so I understand in in 2019, bodycon dresses are all the rage. People love the see-through shirts to show their bra and plunging necklines and showing cleavage and hot pants. And I think that's that's certainly, um, you know, a good choice for for some people. But that's just from from my perspective and my background is just not something that that I personally endorse. But I love that women are are empowered and, and really writing their own roles rather than not wearing something just because of a certain age. I guess my my viewpoint is just that in general, regardless of age, we should we should be saving certain areas of ourselves um, to enjoy in, in private moments. <laughs> right. And you know, listen, what you're saying is very polarizing. I don't agree with you. I'm just going to be frank about it. I'm not saying you're sure. wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm not like, oh, you're wrong. I'm right. That I'm just saying we have a difference of opinion on that. And I think that that's really polarizing and that's okay because I think it's really going to help you attract this, the type of woman that you want to work with in your coaching. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. I think it's just so important for people to take a stand rather than thinking or, or just letting things, everything slide where anything goes and you don't have an opinion. I think it's just so important for people to have a, a belief system and, and live by that. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's a matter of, you know, being able to respect other people's opinions also. Like I totally respect that you feel that way, even though I don't agree with it and I wouldn't try to change your mind. It's not my place. You have your thoughts and how you want to live. And I have my thoughts and how I want to live and we can all live together and be friends and be cool like that, you know, and not judge each other. And I think that that's a really important message just in general, as far as, you know, how you want to you know, put yourself out into the world and how you want to handle the other women around you as well, knowing that we can all live differently and still be powerful and amazing and a, a collective. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think one thing that's so amazing about what I've seen in this whole movement of women empowerment over the last two or three years is how women can really complement, not compete with each other. So how can we find, you know, common areas to work together, support, encourage one another rather than tearing each other down, even if we have to agree to disagree. And I think that's so incredibly powerful for us to be able to do that. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you shared all of this with us. Um, Where can people find you and get your book and, and check you out if they are interested in working with you? Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me today. You can learn more about me and my coaching services at themodernlady.com. I'm also on YouTube at The Modern Lady, and I've got the information to my book, Je ne sais quoi, on my website, which is themodernlady.com as well. 
Awesome. And there is something I will agree with you on. Chanel is my girl. I love her. (laughs) So we're we're on the same page with that at least. (laughs) Yes. I love every, every single item of clothing. All of the makeup is items and accessories. And I've got to say some of my favorite life quotes are by Coco Chanel. So (laughs) she's fabulous. That's right. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you. And uh, you guys, if you're checking out the podcast, I would love for you to give us a five-star rating, subscribe, and maybe give us a little review if you have time. Thank you so much. I am so grateful that you're listening and that you're here and we will chat soon. Thanks for listening to the Shamelessly Feminine Podcast. If you loved what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that more women can learn to live a badass life. To learn more about this movement, go to shamelesslyfeminine.com and join our Shamelessly Feminine Facebook group. Until next time, go out there and be the boss of your life.